Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. episode of social suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite i am your host floyd johnson and with me today special what is this two weeks in a row is the two heart, weeks in a row is the heart and soul of all elite wrestling tiffany how are you doing today tiffany i am doing okay how are you i am doing fine uh got i mean I, apparently, I, I don't think I have the coronavirus, so that's a, that's a up, uh, you know. I don't think I do either. So right now, um, we're both coronavirus free, so that's a plus. So you're listening to the first ever certified coronavirus free episode of All Things Elite. <laughs> you know, and you know, I had a few worries because you know we went to Chicago and there was what thirty thousand people there. Who knew? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was like I thought about that too. We traveled. We went to C two E two. We went to Revolution. So yeah. we were very potentially exposed. But Floyd and I seem to be safe. So yeah. all is well. Yeah, I've had the actual. <laughs> anyway. I've had the actual flu, but I have influenza B. I was tested and positive for it. I guess it's the only time it's positive that I had the flu, which is great. But uh. You know what? I uh, I've joined Reddit, uh, ATE Pod on Reddit, and I'm active in the AEW, uh, active in the AEW Reddit, uh, official Reddit. And um, one of the things I put up the show first time, one of the suggestions I got very first time is that I take we take too long to get to the wrestling. I am the host. I am the person that does the opening. So. That I take that as a responsibility on mine, and I honestly, I listened to a couple episodes, and it was a great, great suggestion, so I thank you for the suggestion, and so with that saying, we're going to get right into the wrestling, and we'll get uh, we'll get some of the other stuff uh, later. Our episodes are always 
always brought to you by Power Slam TV. We'll give you more information on that later. But this week, we're talking about uh, AEW Dark. Uh, AEW Dark, this is the episode... Oh, my brain. My brain. What was it from? Denver. This was recorded in Denver. Uh, just going to run through the results really quick. We had Jimmy Jimmy Havoc. He beat Severino Corrente with uh, Acid Rainmaker. Uh, then we had uh, Jurassic Express uh, beating Kip Sabian and Peter Avalon. Uh, we then had Sonny Kiss and Brandon Cutler. Uh, Sunny versus Private Party with Private Party getting the win. And last but not least, we had the debuting Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida, and Hikaru Shida got the win. Now, I only thing I really have to say about Dark, because uh, uh, only thing I really have to say about Dark is Abaddon. Her look, her entrance, her everything is something that's not really in wrestling right now. The only thing I'm afraid of, and I don't know if you've even seen any pictures of her, Tiffany, is that if oh yeah, I have yeah, if they bring her in, that people will say, well, another dark character. Yeah, that's fair, um, but I, I feel like there's a lot of interest, so I think it would be wise to sign her. But that's, I mean, I see what you're saying because they tend, you know, there has been some of that and. People are critical, but if people are asking for it, then maybe it's the dark character that they need. And who knows? Maybe, maybe she could be the first female member of the Dark Order. So there's a there's definitely some potential there. Yeah, and you know, I I, I dug her gimmick. I because it was something I really haven't seen before. I mean, it is like it's over the top, and it but in. In her way, it's like, you know, one thing about a character is that you just believe what you're doing. And, you know, I got the very distinct opinion that she believes the hell what she's doing. And, you know, they bring her in. I think she'll add something different to the women's division. Maybe be a member of the Dark Order. That would be kind of cool. But I just, uh, like I said, I just, I unfortunately do pay attention to a lot of the criticisms of AEW. And that was a big criticism, especially when uh, Nightmare Collective uh, was a thing, is that, you know, oh, so many dark characters. Yeah, I, re I just remember people saying that. Sure. And, yeah, I mean, and obviously that's no longer a thing. Yeah. So maybe it could work now versus if it would have happened when the Nightmare Collective was still um, on TV. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I personally, like, um, Floyd knows I have not had a chance to watch Dark yet. I've had a really crazy week, but... Um, but from what I have saw just on the footage and stuff, I'm really curious to sit down and watch her in, in the match because I haven't had a chance to yet. But from what I've seen, I mean, very unique and just, you know, something like Floyd said, if, if, if she's invested and you can tell that it's legit who she wants to be, that's how it works. And that's kind of W or, um, AEW. That's what they do is wrestlers, you know, writing their own music. That's something we've always talked about. Cody's always talked about it. And so if it's something that is, like, true to who she is, then it could very much work on TV, too, because it's not something she's being forced to do. So very interesting to see uh, if they do sign her. So, All right. Well, AEW was live. AEW Dynamite was live this week from Salt, <coughs> Salt Lake City. Uh, again, uh, we understand what the big stories of this week are, and we will get to them, but we want to go ahead and review AEW Dynamite first, and then we'll get to everything 
else and what we're going to be looking at in the future. So it was from the Maverick Center in Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't know about them going to Utah. I, I actually, you know, had my doubts <laughs> because it's just such an untested market. But yeah, uh, the crowd was really good. Did you, did you have any thoughts on the crowd this week? I thought they were great. Um, I think it's kind of become a trend that even if it's not a full house like Chicago or Kansas City, that, you know, the fans who are there love AEW so much that they make it feel like a full crowd. And I honestly didn't see the, um, if like, as far as pictures or anything, as far as how full the arena was, I just know that people who actually were going to the show were like, gosh, I don't want... Salt Lake City to be the town that fails because, you know, our ticket sales aren't as good and this and that. And like you said, because it's such a, you know, interesting market. So I, for one, think it's great that AEW went there. And then also on top of it, you know, the crowd brought it. So regardless of the size of the crowd, they were a great crowd and clearly passionate about AEW. And that's, that's come to be what we expect from the fan base. So I thought it was a great crowd. And yeah, like you said, it's kind of like, whoa, okay, this is not typical wrestling town, but hey, they, they did great. Yeah. I, and I also wonder, cause this is, uh, was on Wednesday. Uh, I wonder what the impact of the coronavirus might've had on people going out to the show. Just the thought. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause people don't, you know, that's what they're telling you to avoid is these, public outings where you're right on top of each other and there's no more on top of each other really than you know wrestling i mean i guess you could take you know like a uh mosh pit or standing room only at a concert but you're pretty on you know wrestling you you don't have a lot of space there so uh no you sure don't yeah so (laughs) so i don't know what that would do but uh getting into the show we start off with a tony Schiavone interview with Adam Page backstage to find out who his tag team partner with for tonight's main event. Uh, basically, in essence, he insults Matt, said he would not tag with Matt if he was the last person on earth. Maybe I would tag with your younger, more talented brother, Nick, which was hilarious because, you know, uh, he, he, he insulted Matt. And he said, my partner is a surprise. I don't even think he knew who his partner was at the time. Uh, so, uh, what did you think about them, you know, sticking with the surprise right there? I, I thought it was good. I, I did not think that um, Hangman was going to just, like, choose someone. So, I kind of, as we discussed the rest of the show, the way it happened, I thought made sense because I didn't see, like, my my reply to the very first tweet from the AEW Twitter about the mystery partner was that Hangman was going to choose his beer. So I genuinely did not think that he was going to have someone lined up. So I, I was very much expecting that attitude from him. And then, you know, and then after I think Matt was like, you're really not thinking about teaming with that prick or whatever he said. That was funny. So the ongoing uh, kind of tension between Hangman and Matt just gets kind of I don't know. It's like a love-hate thing. So, yeah, it's interesting to see where that's going to go. But, yeah, as far as Hangman with the partner, I that's pretty much where I thought it, that he would have that mentality in terms of choosing someone by not choosing anyone because he didn't care and probably doesn't even think he needs a partner. So Yeah, he is Mr. I'll beat both their asses. You know, that's, yep. <laughs> that's what his thing is. Uh, kicking off tonight's show is our favorite part of the show. 
I mean, I love a great AEW tag team match to end uh, to begin the show. Nothing, almost nothing better than that in AEW. But there's one thing I could definitely think is better than opening one the show with, the, with show with an AEW tag team match. We are opening the show with the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Uh, him, he comes out with Arn Anderson and Brandy sporting a new spiffy white Nightmare Family shirt, uh, and he will—he's taking on Ortiz. Uh, what did you think of this match? I loved the match. I was excited about it all week because it's the first time we've ever seen them uh, wrestle, and uh, I thought it would be good, and it, and it absolutely was. Um, I love getting to see new opponents that I've never seen Cody wrestle. Um, we've seen it with like Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen. I mean, it's just it's it, it's such a treat. And when you get to open the show with Cody, I mean, that's a big deal. Cody is you know easily the one of, if not the top guy in the company, or you know, right there at the very top with Moxley and Jericho, and and so it it was, uh, you know, that's a treat in itself. And then you get this insanely great match where Cody was just on fire, and so was Ortiz. Um, there was one point where uh, Ortiz was doing his like tiger style pose, and if you look behind him, you see Brandy, and her face is just priceless. So if you haven't, if you didn't catch that, you should go back and look at that because that's worth the laugh. Um, but no, I mean, the Tope Suicida, he did the dragon screw leg whip Cody did. And um, I feel like Cody is just constantly adding things to his moveset. And it, it just never fails to impress me because you see so many, and I don't want to drop names or compare, but you see a lot of people that are in the position that Cody's in in their career where they are that top guy and they rely on a, a very limited set of moves because they work. But Cody just never is content. He's constantly training. He's got the nightmare factory now. He's got four rings in this beautiful facility at his disposal. And I guarantee you he's just going to keep reinventing and adding things and doing things. And it just impresses me. Um, but as far as the match itself, like I said, I thought it was excellent. We got to see Lance Archer come out with Jake the Snake and sit ringside. And uh, I want to talk about how happy I was that that's how it went down because we were promised a match between Cody and Ortiz. And I'm so glad that we got the match. You know, there was a point where we kind of hinted at Lance kind of standing up, like maybe he was going to get involved, but Jake kind of pulled him in and was like, you know, no, they ended up leaving because they'd seen enough. They observed Cody, saw what they needed to see and left. And we got a decisive victory with Cody winning via the figure four on Ortiz. And I just loved it because we got to see Lance. We got to see Jake the Snake. We know who the client is. We progressed the story, but we still got the match. And I just can't say enough how happy I was that it went down that way. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, definitely happy with that too. Uh, big thing, uh, big thing. I like, I love Cody working the leg during the match. I'm a big guy on if you're going to use a submission to finish the match, you need to work on the move. Uh, so very, I love the psychology there. Uh, he gave the Tanahashi dragon, uh, Tanahashi like dragon screw leg whip, which I love that. Uh, he, you know, the whole in, uh, whole in swing sequence with the figure four with him trying to reverse it and then him getting back into figure four. I rarely, I haven't seen that sequence in a very, very long time. 
So that's uh, uh, Cody keeping it uh, old school to a point. I love that. Uh, the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer. Um, you know, if you want to think about it, you know, last week everybody was bitching about Lance Archer not debuting. He kind of did. You know, his representative debuted, you know, and it, and it really did set up this week and uh, Cody uh, being out there. So I think I think that uh, it, I think the scroll slow rollout of that uh, combination is great. Lance Archer said on Twitter, this has been a long time coming. I want to know what that means. I am excited to hear about that. I think Ortiz is fantastic. Uh, everyone knows Santana and Ortiz are uh, are one of, if not my favorite tag team in the world. So to see them in singles action, when I've seen Santana in singles action, you see why they make such a great team because they're both so good individually. So yeah, I was very excited. I'm very excited to match. Glad we got a finish. I think Cody needed that win. And, you know, he's one of those people that shouldn't take a lot of pins or anything in the company just because he's so valuable and he's the number one face. I, you know, he's booked like, you know, late 80s, early 90s thing, which is good, which is a good thing, you know, you know, except he can't win. Absolutely. Except he can't win the world title, which will hurt me. It it will hurt my soul forever. So, uh, but that was the first match. Uh, we got at the end of the match, I believe, uh, right after he gets the uh, tap out, uh, Santana, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Santana stepped in and hit Cody with the loaded sock, but, uh, and Matt and Kenny ran in for the save. Uh, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sam Guevara appeared on a giant video, uh, said uh in two weeks blood and guts then the circle will be coming for the leak uh they panned down and they were uh they had a door on nick jackson's bleeding head on the concrete floor they said he better come up and pick up the trash uh and he called them what did he call them uh pumpkin head oh pumpkin i can't remember pumpkin head dick Dipshits? Dipshits or something like that. And I think maybe that's what it was. Oh my god. I actually tweeted about it and so I could probably find it, but I don't think that's like a really important part of it. <laughs> so uh <laughs> It's just yeah. one of those things that Chris Jericho <laughs> says where you're just like, Oh, okay, but uh, it's Chris Jericho, yeah, so he yeah. can say anything he wants. Yeah, he's Chris <laughs> Jericho. He doesn't have to uh he doesn't have to explain himself and he like I said He's the guy that got it and pointing his finger over. And, yeah, I mean, I still get people like it, you know, and it's hilarious how good he is at everything. You know what I mean? It's just like. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Pumpkin head dipshits. Actually, I did find it fairly quickly. They were pumpkin head dipshits, so we did That's get what that. I thought. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I've literally never heard anyone call that ever in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry, seasons just changed. It went from eighty to uh, eighty degrees to forty degrees overnight. So, as you might, some of you might understand, my allergies are jacked. So I am, mine too. <laughs> I am doing my best to mute when I cough, but I do apologize. If the occasional one gets through, 
So uh, Nick, uh, what is it? Uh, so we got Nick uh, getting rushed off to the paramedics. Cody, Matt, and Kenny jumped in the car and followed their elite friend Nick, who was rushed away from the arena in the ambulance to a nearby medical facility. <laughs> that's one of those trigger words for uh, WWE fans because that's one of it is. But later on in the show, I will, I will, I am happy to report. They did say the word hospital later on in the show. So everyone that thought they might be going by that same code, it is not true. <laughs> uh, I have to say, too, I just want to give Brandy props because what a great wife. She made sure Cody had some form. I think it was his uh, nightmare family pullover before he left because he yeah. was literally just in his gear with no shirt getting in the car to follow the ambulance to the hospital. So... Uh, Brandy just, you know, always thinking and making sure that her husband isn't walking into the hospital shirtless. So just got to give Brandy props for that because she's the best. So <laughs> Yes, and she saved Cody from Santana interference early I in the know. match. We I got to f- talk about that, too, because yeah. that Gucci belt got pulled off and she whipped Santana in the yeah. back and it was great. So yeah, was Brandy awesome. is just such an asset. We love her. Yeah, and, you know, people talk about selling and everything. Yeah, when you get hit with a belt on your like back, there's not there's no selling. It just hurts. And then yeah, you know, and those, just... those Gucci belts. That's like a five hundred dollar belt. No <laughs> yeah, joke. It's yeah. about four. I think it's like four hundred and sixty bucks. Um, and it has that very hard double G Gucci logo, and she wh- she whacked him good with it. So that was great. And that's just like that's just the perfect. Uh, this is such a brandy thing. I'm going to take off my designer belt and with this guy who's trying to pull my husband's leg as he walks up the, uh, you know, up the uh, turnbuckle. So I thought that was just such a great moment. I'm glad yeah. we, I'm glad we mentioned it before we move on. Yeah, she is completely fearless, and I love that about her. Um, then we had a tag team match. We had the native beast Nyla Rose. And the returning, my B Priestley. She is my B. I love her so much. <laughs> B Priestley. I, I, like, I've been hoping, you know, she would be a more part of the show. She is a huge member of the starting roster, stardom roster. She was the red belt champion, which is the top belt in the company for most of the last year. So she's a huge part of their company. So she really doesn't have time to be over here. Well, stardom actually canceled their shows up until halfway through the month uh, because, you know, they're in Japan. So uh, she got cleared to travel and she came here. And I think, you know, I think she might be at least a bigger member for the next few weeks. Uh, So we had Nyla Rose and B versus uh, Galaxy's greatest alien, Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. Um, Let's say uh, this match, uh, this match was, I thought, was fun. I, I thought uh, very fun, very physical. Uh, you got to see, you, it really did play into the strengths of Nyla as far as, you know, she's she's the big power person as far as the, and I think that was a featured part of the match. What did you think of the match? I thought the same thing. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought that, Again, with Nyla, like you said, it really it does play into her being that beast, you know, and that's who she is in the women's division. So it worked, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely didn't expect, like, 
be and Nyla to be besties during it, which we see at the end. That was definitely not the case, and I didn't think it would be. But, yeah, I thought it was a really good match, and um, I enjoyed getting to see four ladies represented on the show in a match. Um, Chris and Sheeta are just obviously two of the fans' favorites, so it made sense. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I was really happy to see B back in, uh, on Dynamite. Yeah, I I, I was. Uh, B, uh, man, she's so physical, that whole uh, the stardom, uh, Purezu uh, style that she wrestles is amazing, and I think it adds a physical nature to it. Sheeta, uh, I mean, um, Statlander, uh, showed a more aggressive side because she is down from her loss. And I think Hikaru Sheeta right now is trending towards being that top baby face in the women's division eventually. And so I, th- I think this match, and I think this is not like inside information. I think the match told all of these stories very well. Nyla is trying to prove herself as the dominant champion. B was the returning person uh, trying to reestablish herself in the division. Sheeta is seems like she's the future face, and Statlander's pissed off that she's lost to Nyla. She just wants to yeah, be Nyla. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, it, I, I thought this was one of the better storytelling matches uh, for the AEW's women division since the start of the show. And it's like, so I, I think that did well after the match. Uh, so Nyla picks up the win on the Beast Bomb, which uh, Sheeta. And, and after the match, Nyla and B are celebrating. And then B attacks Nyla, takes the boots to her. She took the AEW Women's Championship, holds it up, and tossed it down at Nyla. So B establishing herself. She's like, I'm going to be the next contender. What do you think about B versus Nyla matchup? I think, for one, I think the match itself would be great because they're both just, you know, just their styles would be really like, I feel like it would be a very hard-hitting match. Um, it's, it's an odd pairing just because, you know, we're so used to it being a true face against a true heel, but it doesn't always have to be that way. So it's in that, in, I think that's kind of illogical. So I'm fine with it as far as that goes. It's just something as a fan for so long, we're kind of just used to that being always the case. You're thinking, well, it won't be this person because they're both bad guys or whatever. So I, I think it would be great. Uh, B's kind of in between. I don't know that she's necessarily a healer of face. I think she's just she's just B Priestley, and she's kind of a badass. And, and I think a lot of people really like her. And I think people, if they saw more of her, if they're not familiar with her, would grow to love her very quickly. So, But not in, like, a baby face kind of way. So I definitely would love to see that. And I kind of hope that maybe we can get more of B. I know she, like you said, she's so heavily involved in stardom, and I get it, but she's just so good. I want to see her on my TV more. So I really hope this is kind of a the start of getting her more um, prominently featured on the show, not just in these next couple weeks, but hopefully moving forward. Yeah, and they plan their shows pretty far in advance, and they do a good job of, uh, you know, respecting your Japanese dates with uh, your American dates flying you in and out. Uh, I mean, just look at Moxley. He, you know, he'll wrestle New Japan on weekends and still be at Dynamite on Wednesday. So if you're willing to travel, they will, uh, AEW will definitely uh, accommodate you in that. So, uh, and I, I don't know how much in a hurry she'll be to get back to Japan with what's everything's going on right now, but it seems to be affecting everywhere now. So 
I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we then get a video package, which I have to say was the funniest part of AEW. We get a video package from the fallen angel Christopher Daniels <laughs> played, and it is so a great. complete spoof of the Dark Order videos that we got. He's talked just like the blonde guy in the videos, and he was saying, screw the Dark Order. He thinks the Exalted One is a lie. He then challenged Evil Uno and Stu Grayson to singles matches, and he said they can happen anytime, anywhere, any place. Uh, just for your record, you, uh, the match against Stu Grayson was actually recorded for Dark next week, so you'll get to see that on Tuesday. Uh, and he said he's going to prove the Exalted One doesn't exist. I, I seriously, uh, I mean, I'm getting messages. I've got a couple messages from people that don't normally message me, uh, just saying how funny this segment was. You know what I find? It, it's weird to always find out that there are people that watch wrestling every week and don't get on the internet and talk about it. They just watch it like That's a TV great. show and, you know, <laughs> go on with their life. So they messaged me about it, and it was just like, oh, you watch it? And he's like, yeah, I watch it every week. And I'm like, Again, never said anything to me about AEW before, so it was like, huh, people, yeah. It's it, it, Like I said, I am fascinated by that. I have been a part of the whole internet wrestling community as soon as, like, Facebook started. You know, I was in, like, a wrestling group or whatever, or whatever, you know, and talking to people and my friends about wrestling. So the fact that people yeah, just... Yeah, that's literally mm -hmm. why I got a Twitter account, like, in 2009, I think it was, or whenever I got it. I think it was 2009, but it, it was genuinely for the sole purpose of, you know, at the time, WWE wrestlers started getting Twitters, and that's when I was like, all right, Jeff, Jeff got one, and that was all I needed to know. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been wrestling Twitter ever since. Yeah, and it's just like... You get on and you, you watch wrestling and you get on and talk about it. And you find out there's this huge segment of the world that just watches the show. They don't have any thoughts on who's getting over and this and that. They just watch the show. Weird. Weird. And they think <laughs> we're and they think we're just as weird. Actually they probably think we're more weird. Uh probably, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, so he says when it, uh, when Exalted One does not come to save the day on his two singles matches, he'll prove that he doesn't exist. Oh, my God. Um, as far as reveals, th this is they're going to have to do this right. And I just don't know. I just don't know who it is. I really don't. And my mind has gone a hundred different ways, you know, it's played out a whole, whole different segments in my head. And it's like, I know t I just keep reminding myself to just wait, just wait. They're gonna, it's gonna hit up be a home run because that's just what AEW does. So what did you think about the spoof? Oh, I thought the spoof was hilarious. Um, I of course know that there is an exalted one as far as, I mean, at least I would, I'd be crazy surprised if there wasn't, but I thought it was hilarious that that's the take he went. And then, if, like you said, the match, um, one of the matches is for Dark this week. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I think Christopher Daniels is such a treasure. And I love that he's 
over and that he gets, you know, in, in AEW because he's been doing this for so long and to still be so relevant and just, you know, beloved by the fans at this point in his career is just so great. And I thought it was just everything. He's kind of been the one out of everyone at SCU who has been the most affected by the Dark Order. So for him to do this spoof video is just, I thought it was great. And um, it's interesting, like, which I don't think they announced that the Exalted one would be revealed right after this um, next week. But I, I will say, since we're kind of discussing as far as who it is and just letting it play out, I, I was surprised they announced that it would be revealed next week. I'm a little surprised that they actually told us that. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I was a little bit surprised by that. Yeah, I, I was surprised uh, that they said uh, that it was going to be out next week. I just think it's one of those things I just rather it just been a surprise or whatever but the way they do the show what's so good about them is that they did it they said it that way and it might end up being some kind of swerve it's just that's true too yeah you know yeah you kind of have to assume there could be something else too so that's very possible because everybody's like this is your one of your biggest angles right now why would you tell everybody there's coming there's a reason they're telling us that the Exalted One is coming. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, like I said, it's one of those things, and I, I always say, and I've been clear, when you when people keep hitting home runs, you start giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, a lot of Absolutely. people didn't, you know, at the beginning because they didn't know what the show was going to be. But it's been pretty successful, and they pay off things, and if they don't like something, they get rid of it, and... So understand that uh, when it comes down to it, you know they're gonna they're they're gonna service their fans by uh, with a good reveal here, and it's been who they've always planned it is gonna be. I don't know who that is. Again, I'm sticking with Marty. I, I'm, not <laughs> going, I'm not getting off of it because you know I know I'm wrong. Like it honestly just wouldn't make sense right now. I'd be like. Okay, I'm really happy Marty's here, but that logically does not make sense. But I still want it to be him. So that's uh, so we'll go with that. At this point, yeah, I have no guesses. I am at the point where I'm just letting it play out. I have, you know, I don't think any guesses that I have uh, are like mine. I feel like I hear people saying or, or read people saying, oh, it's this one or that one. I'm having fun with the images and the tweets that AEW Twitter usually puts out, like, at 2 in the morning. Um, <clears throat> and it's fun to find the little hidden messages in there. But I'm just I'm just rolling with it, and I, I'm excited. And I, I definitely wasn't upset that they said that he was going to be revealed next week. It just <clears throat> it surprised me a little bit. But like Floyd pointed out, there's a reason they told us that. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I, I I love my favorite has been so far when they put out the message that spelled out Matt Hardy with the beginning of the letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, that was hilarious. And my uh, our our girl Amy then started a thing where they just were spelling out people's names and making little poems, and it it kind of blew up. So yeah, uh, at Phoenix. AEW, you have you're gonna have to scroll down because she tweets a lot. And if you want to find that thread, it was pretty freaking amazing. I think they did one for Tiffany, right? She did. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yes, <laughs> it, was, yes. it was a lot of fun. 
Yes, so uh, we're going to look at the next six-man match, or next match is a six-man match. It is the Butcher and the Blade with and the Bunny with MJF. Didn't we with, have Britt Baker and Swole before? Oh, was that interview? No, uh, it was right after this match. Right after this. Okay, okay. Okay. So uh, Butcher and the Blade and MJF squared off against the Jurassic Express or the Lucha Express is everyone incorrectly calls it. It's not just people oh God, on the show, yes. like everyone, every show I listen to people accidentally call them the Lucha Express. I feel like <laughs> that should probably, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Jurassic Express, Marco stunt, jungle boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I have a niece that, uh, I found out this week watches the show. And you know why she watches the show? It'll shock you. Why? Marco Stunt. <laughs> I was, Freaking I, love I mean, Marco Stunt. When you said it would shock me, I felt like it had to be Marco. That's awesome. Yes, That's so I was cool. like, yeah, I was like, it's like funny that you know everybody has a demographic. Uh, this is weird. and like I said, I didn't even know she watched the show, and yeah, she watches it because of Marco Stunt. So I have to. Get her a Jurassic Express shirt soon, which is pretty. Like I said, it's pretty kind of crazy of all the people on the show. I'm like Cody, Cody. What you think, of Cody? <laughs> nope. Uh, That's uh, so funny. Marco Stunt's her favorite wrestler, and it is hilarious. Like she, it's the reason she watches AEW. So that's just kind of crazy to me. Uh, uh, MJF was wearing the T-shirt with those. Three words, and I'm not going to say them, but just know he's a dick. Uh, MJ, uh, <laughs> so we get in the match. Uh, MJF uh, accidentally backs on Luchasaurus. Doesn't want a part of him. But uh, well, let's just go into the fact that Luchasaurus was working down the match, which is different because usually Jungle Boy or Marco are, are the ones taking the beating and we always set up for a Luchasaurus hot tag, but they did it reverse. Luchasaurus was getting beat up, and we set up for one of the hottest hot tags in wrestling with the Jungle Boy. And the Jungle Boy came in, and he was destroying people. And then we have Marco Stunt, uh, and he was really angry at MJF because he gets <laughs> him in a move, and then he tries to attack him, and the referee pulls him off, and then Jungle Boy's like, hey, stop. And then... Uh, Marco pushes Jungle Boy out the way. He was fired up. What did you think about this match in general? I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I actually liked that they did it different with it being um, Luchasaurus in the you know first part of the match and tag going for uh, Jungle Boy. I enjoyed that. Um, I kind of, I just, I think it's good to mix it up so it's not you know predictable. And I thought it worked really well because you know, and, and usually you know it also kind of reverses the fans like because then they you know everyone loves luchasaurus that's established and i think that jungle boy and marco are both very popular but getting the fans without even they don't even realize it but getting them like rallying behind wanting to see the other two in the match is smart to me because we don't need to establish that with luchasaurus he is clearly everybody loves him he's He's amazing. And the other two, like I said, not the, the whole trio is very loved. But I thought it was a good way to get the fans really excited to get them in the match because usually when they're the ones taking the beating, everyone is just chanting Luchasaurus and they want him in the match. So I thought it was smart. And 
I, I it was funny seeing Marco that fired up. He's got a lot of talent, and uh, size does not mean anything. And I thought it I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Weird thing about me, I will always say this, and Tiffany, you fall in line with this. When you've been watching wrestling for as long as we have, and, and this is not like a brag or anything. It's just like literally the amount of time we've been watching wrestling. You crave when something's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah, you, definitely. You get, you get into the idea that, okay, the small guy's going to take the heat, the big guy's going to jump in. They completely reverse it. I think AEW does a good job of these subtle changes that makes you like, okay, so what are they going to do now? And in this match, it actually made sense. But because Luchasaurus was hurt at the end when the bunny uh, did the distraction and then MJF was able to attack Marco's stunt and then put him in the Salt of the Earth Armbreaker, it makes sense why Luchasaurus wasn't there to break it up because, you know yep. what, he got the crap beat out of him the whole match. So it, it's good, you know, you take out the strongest, you know, you take out the strongest person and then all you have left are... I wouldn't call them weak, but the two smaller people. So it ended up working out. It was good strategy if you're thinking about it that way for uh, for them. Uh, and that was the end of the match. Uh, they go back up the ring, and then uh, MJF screams, "I'm going to Disney World," which is <laughs> which is hilarious because he can't go to Disney World because it's closed, and he deserves it because he's a dick. Because that stupid shirt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I really want that I Hate MJF shirt that they put out on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, make sure you go to shopAEW.com and check out the newest line of shirts. They're all pretty good. The best yeah, one is the really High I Hate MJF shirt. So, No, the best one is the Brandy Nightmare Family shirt, See, but that's just me. I can't fit that one, so that's why I go with that. I know. I hate, I and I, I have such a hard time i just have to say because you're you, you've called mjf a dick twice in the last like 15 minutes and yeah. it's completely valid and, and it's true but i have such a love-hate relationship with mjf it kills me because he like will do things that make me absolutely hate him but then he'll do things that make me absolutely love him so i almost need to like buy that shirt and then like very like edit it to where in very small print above hate says love. So it's like, I love slash hate MJF because it's, it, the struggle is real with me on that one. I, I, I hate him so much, but I also adore him because he's just, uh, it just, and I think that's kind of where he is uh, going as a character on the show. Um, I think people are kind of falling in love with the idea of hating him, but they love him, and it's interesting. He's so good at being a dick, like Floyd said, mm. and it just it works. And I don't see him getting cheered, but I think that almost like you know, and, and it's true when you're when you're heel, you know, your the boos are your cheers. That's what you want, and he's so good at it. But I feel like you know that shirt. People are going to buy that shirt, and it's an MJF shirt. I mean, it's and he's going to play into the fact that he hates that people are wearing it and they're going to buy it more, just like the MJF's bar mitzvah sucks sign, and he made sure to post it and say, stop it with these signs. He's just so good. He knows how to encourage people to hate him, but it gets him so over. And it, it's just, I had, you know, it, it, it pain, pains me to 
sit here and talk about how great Max is, but let's be real. Max is such a treasure, and I'm just so glad that he is in AEW. So I will uh, end it now. I don't want to continue too much because in the slight chance he would ever come across this and hear me say this, I would never hear the end of it. But MJF is, is just such a – it's such a love-hate thing with him. Well, I, I was going to say I love to hate him. I do. I do love to hate him. Uh, if if you've heard before, when eight-year-old Floyd watched wrestling, he always went for the bad guys. MJF would be eight-year-old Floyd's favorite wrestler. You know, like, <laughs> it, it wouldn't even be close. But as I've gotten older and he went after Cody, I have to hate him. So uh, Of course. Yes. And that's where the deal breaker, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Like, yeah. I... I would have been all in on MJF, but he messed with the wrong guy. He tried to kill Pharaoh. I mean, we can't be friends. Yeah. But, but I mean, if I have to just off the record say he's phenomenal just once, I'm I, there. You got it. I said it. I'm done. He's a dick. I hate him. Yes. <laughs> he 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 is great at being a dick. And I mean, I guess that's the best. I guess that's a positive thing to say about him. I'm like, yeah. You For know, him, that's yeah. probably the biggest compliment we could give him. <laughs> yes, yes. So he was, uh, yeah, the, the whole I'm going to Disney World thing was just hilarious. And he is undefeated in 2020 still. Then, and I, real quick, I'm going to say real quick before we move on, one last thing about MJF, and then I swear I will shut up, is it really pains me that he's so good looking. Like, I, I really get pained by it because I don't want to think he's attractive, but he's attractive, and it pains me because another reason that makes it really hard for me to hate him, and I can't believe I just said that on the show, but whatever. It's one of those days. I'm just putting it all out there. But, yeah, it, it pains me how good-looking he is. And he, now we, we really need to move on because I'm, say, I'm, say, I'm out of control here now. He, he is not more. He is not Floyd's type. I, I mean, I find uh, the Wardlow more attractive than MJF, but I do like his gimmick. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, I can't roll with you on that one. But I understand how other people think he's attractive. I feel you there. Yeah. <laughs> and now we got to move on because I feel I feel like I, I feel dirty now. I've said way too many nice things about MJF, yeah. but we got we got to move on. But but it's been said. So. Tony Schiavone interviewed his best friend, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, at the top of the interest ramp. It is hilarious that their relationship has went that way. That he oh my god, wearing... I love it! Yeah, it's like she was so. You never it. thought that was gonna happen, but yeah. it just happened. Now they're like best friends, and yes, it's just oh, it's so the dynamic is just so great. Yeah, she brought out coffee to Shivani. Said she was there to shake things up. This was a classic, like old school heel promo. You know, Utah doesn't like caffeine or I forgot what the other or alcohol or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says, but they love sugar. So she looks out and sees all the, you know, basically fat people with bad teeth. And then she says, you can, you can, uh, you, you should pursue anything and everything that you have passion for. She says, uh, she's your role model. One day you could be a janitor, a plumber, or a dental assistant. <laughs> I like, I, I haven't went into any detail on most of the things tonight, but I just thought this was such like an 80s heel promo you know oh and she did she just man she's nailing it week after week it was so good yes and it's just the idea like the best heels are the ones that think they're the good guy i will tell anyone that forever absolutely that is you're right yes and she's a role model and 
She's like, in, in her eyes, she's not being mean. She's telling the truth to help you better yourself. <laughs> and then out comes Big Swole. Uh, and she's, uh, she's like, why are you behind and behind uh, Tony? P.S. Boo, he doesn't even like you. And Tony seemed really offended by that because he loves his Brit. <laughs> he, he loves he Brit. And uh, Brit tells uh, uh, Brit tells uh, Swole that the only thing interesting about her is her boyfriend. And, of course, Swole had to come back. And she shows the ring and says, I'm married, baby. And that was <laughs> hilarious. This whole thing, I... I've saw some people thought this was cheesy. I this is one of my favorite things of the week. I because, loved it. I thought it was great. Because these these women were shooting. <laughs> you know, they were they were coming at it. And you know, a great so this seems to start a feud between Brit and Big Swole cuz uh she talks she tosses Tony's cup of coffee on Swole's face and runs off. This is what I thought the women's division had needed. Is a secondary feud, and now you got Brit and Big Swole. These are two people that could be, you know, in the title picture. I mean, Brit's been in the title picture. Swole could be in the title picture in the uh, title picture in the future. She seems to be really over every time her music hits. You see people flexing and saying, "Swole, it works out." Brit Baker, they're trying to establish as pretty much the biggest heel on the women's side. So these two people going against each other is going to, it's going to be pretty amazing because you got this natural lovable figure and this natural hateable figure going against each other. What do you think, Miss Tiffany? I absolutely agree. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. It's no secret that we have, you know, Britt who is dating Adam Cole and you've got Swole married to Cedric Alexander you know, when it's legit and you can throw it in there and have a little fun, it works. And I thought it was great. Um, Britt is just absolutely nailing it week after week with these promos tying into the city they're in. Like Floyd said, just classic heel promos, and they're great. And the fans are reacting, and that's what you want. Um, Swole is super over, so it's just a, a perfect, you know, two people who are just, you know, one's really hated, one's really loved, like Floyd said. Secondary feud in the women's uh, division is exactly what we need because you can't have – we have stacked women's division. They can't all be going after Nyla. It just doesn't make sense. So separating it into some separate feuds and giving it time, being patient. Like Floyd and I have preached because the women's division was not established as, in terms of, you know, characters and alliances and just so many things that make you invested – so patience is a virtue in this case, and it's starting to pay off because you've got Brit in the spot where it just works, and it's natural, and, and, and she's nailing it. And then Swole is just her story and just how good she is, and she's just a likable person, and and you start to play on those strengths. And so now it's, you know this is the time where we start getting those secondary feuds that are going to start fitting very naturally into Dynamite. And so, yeah, I am here for this. I can't wait to see where it goes feel like we're going to get some great matches between these two because they're both so good so 100 percent love it yeah yeah absolutely uh you know it's it's one of those things where baker has been 
established at the very beginning as one of the feature points of the women's division. Big Swole came on. She got, like, pretty much a tryout match on Dark. And then she was signed, like, within a couple of weeks. So, I am, like I said, I'm very excited to see what they do. And they're both very fresh. They're very fresh. They're, they, it's not like they've been on TV for years. It's just we're going to get to see how they tell their story in professional wrestling. The next one, uh, next match is and is the bad boy Joey Janela in Private Party against Death Triangle, Triangle de la Muerta, uh, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., and the Bastard Pac. Um, this was a very entertaining match. What did you think? I I thought it was great because um, I was glad that we saw a lot of really good offense from Janela and Private Party. Um, obviously, I kind of expected Death Triangle to win because it was their debut as a trio. However, it wasn't by no means a squash. It was a great match, a lot of fun. I love watching Isaiah and Mark in the ring. They're so fun to watch. I absolutely love Private Party. Um, so, yeah, I was very excited to see the match go the way it went. Um, fun match, entertaining match, and by no means, you know, where you saw it was just one-sided. I mean, it was, I was like, while I watched it, I actually thought that. I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I, I kind of expect, you know, Death Triangle to go over, and they did, but it was a great match. So I was very happy with it, and I love when we get to see Private Party on Dynamite. It's, uh, you know, I can't wait for whenever we do get our promised second uh, show because it's hard sometimes. Well, of course, we have Dark, but, I mean, just the more we can, the more time we can get to feature so many talented people on the roster, the better. But yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, Tiffany's best friend, Isaiah Cassidy. I forgot to give him his full yes title. He he said hi, Tiffany, during the middle of a match. It was so <laughs> he weird. literally did. It's so so weird. it's so weird. She was she barely even heard it. She's like, did he say Tiffany? I was like, yeah, he stared right at you. It was hilarious. But uh, yeah, this match was great. That's trying. If it wasn't for the Nightmare Family. I, you know, I would be a Death Triangle 100% guy. Ray and Penta, again, my, again, I say this all the time, like one of my favorite tag teams because, like, (laughs) all of my favorite tag teams are in AEW. And I imagine the last of my favorite tag teams will be there later this year. Hashtag FTR. But uh, when it comes down to it, uh, Pac, you got three of the best wrestlers in the world on the same team and i'm like talking about in-ring performances characters everything ray phoenix can do things in the ring that like leave me in awe every time he ring he walks on the ropes like i walk normally it's like good lord how does he do that uh pentagon is the most naturally charismatic person ever i mean seriously he puts three fingers up and three fingers down and he has the whole world chanting and then you know Pac. You know, look at the Iron Man match. Look at the match with Hangman. Look at the other match with Kenny. This dude's one of the best wrestlers in the world. They're they're one of the best trios in the world. I mean, you would probably have to go, like, to the elite with, you know, Kenny and the Bucks to get that type of level because that's the type of level that they're playing on. I mean, so uh, I'm looking forward to this. They did so many different combinations. They actually worked as a trio. Like, oh, yeah. this wasn't just like, oh, three giga guys together. They had move sets and 
combinations for the trio, and then they ended. They ended with the spike, uh, spike package pile driver, and then uh, Pac hits his uh, black arrow after the match. And to no surprise to anyone, they keep attacking, and they put them uh, private party and Joey Janela on like a three-way submission, and then uh, the best friends. Uh, run down to the ring and Orange Cassidy, uh, you know, saunters down to the ring as he does and to make the save. So this was an impressive debut for the Death Triangle. Now, do you, I want to ask a weird question. Do you think the reason they don't have a shirt is because they're a heel trio? Didn't they get a shirt with the new batch? I'm pretty sure they did. See, I thought it was one was a Pac shirt and one was a Lucha Bros shirt. But I didn't well, think they Pac has one, Lucha Bros has one, and there's a Death Triangle shirt. Really? I I yeah, I, 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 I must open. have completely missed this because this would be on my way to, on the way to my house. So I went on the <laughs> site and I was like, dude, I want a Death Triangle shirt. Uh, I was yes, really I think when I first skipped like when I was scrolling through on um Ryan's post on Instagram, I, I thought completely it was just a Pac shirt. It. And then I saw that there was a pox shirt because there's one that says, like, Bastard. But then there is the one with the three skulls, and it's, like, the death triangle. I it's, missed, a, it's a cool shirt. Do you want to know you how did, many times I, I've been on this site in the last two days? And I scrolled over it, like, probably ten times. I was staring at it the <laughs> whole time and never saw it. You know what I mean? Well, see, I just answered your question, and now you have a new shirt to buy. So uh, I'm, I'm literally putting it in a cart and buying it right now as we're talking. <laughs> And so, yes, I and I do have a new shirt on the way. <laughs> so, there you go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> that was easy. See, Ryan, if you ever listen to this show, Tiffany, your spokesperson, she needs to be on your ads. She just sold a shirt right now. I get, yeah, right there, right here now. It, it just ha- that just literally happened. That so. literally happened because <laughs> I skipped over that shirt. Man, they did the new releases, and I looked, and they did. I was like. Huh? They don't have a Death Triangle shirt, and I looked over it so many times, and it's like one of those things, it's like a blind spot because, like, really, I I've, I've been on this site and I I missed it. So hey, bought a shirt on the show. See, that's this is the, the show. This is the kind of content you don't get from other shows. You know, you're not gonna get that. You're not gonna get Floyd being a complete oh. shill for AEW and buying a shirt. White they hair. are the best t-shirt company. So <laughs> Yes, they are the best t-shirt company in the world. They are so much better at this. So we then get, uh, we get Lexi backstage interview uh, with a Dustin Rhodes. He says, I'm tired of the inner circle. She asks you, like, you didn't have the paint on earlier. I love that she acknowledged that. She's like, yes. you, got, you have the paint on now. And, uh, you know, what's going on with that? He's tired of the inner circle running rush shot on his friends. He basically he tells Hangman, I'm your partner. I don't basically give a damn who you want to be your partner. I'm your partner tonight. And we're going to do some cowboy shit. And there you go. That's how you got your answer. Uh, Yeah. So uh, the main event comes. We have the Spanish God, Mr. Sammy G. Hit me. Mr. Hit me up. Uh, and Le Champion, and it doesn't matter that he doesn't have the belt. He's yeah, Le he's Champion. he's Le Champion no matter what. Accompanied by the rest of the inner circle, 
versus Hangman Adam Page and that natural Dustin Rhodes. Oh my God, you know, I really, like, really enjoy this match. And it's just like, <clears throat> when it comes to Dustin, it's like, I know people want to yell, you still got it. And it's like, I mean, dude, this dude, he, it's like, what was he doing? You know, what was he doing at his former employee in the backstage? It's like you had this amazing talent back there and you weren't using yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gosh, I know. Yeah. And, and now, he, now he's he main eventing insane. a show on TNT and he's doing package pile drivers. Uh, the end of the match, well, end of the match, because, you know, after the match is the story, but the end of the match, du uh, uh, Dustin hits a... Uh, flip pile driver or a destroyer on uh Sammy Guevara and then Hangman comes in and he flips and he does the buckshot lariat probably and I will tell you this a year ago maybe a year and a half ago actually probably almost two years ago now when he was using it in New Japan and ROH I freaking hated that move this move is so over now. I just like I look forward to it. I don't know if he's changed anything or it's just a presentation of it, but I really I haven't done a 180 on something like a move like this in like a long long time. I'm not going to say it's the first time because I don't remember everything, but I think it's been a long time since I had a 180 on a move like this. What did you wow, think I had match? no idea that you hated it so I much. really hated it, thought it was the most unrealistic move ever. And when I say ever, I, 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 I talk in hyperbole a lot. You, you, if you listen <laughs> to the show, you get it. So it probably wasn't ever, but I hated it, and I just thought it was unrealistic. And it's like, now it's like, okay, when are we getting the buckshot? I need the buckshot. I know, right? Yeah. Um, I've always loved it, but, but yeah, I mean, it's so over, and I thought the match was excellent. You have four of the absolute best in there, and like you said, I can't say enough with Dustin, just how watching him just continues to blow my mind, and you still got a chance. I mean, it, it's almost, and I mean, I know you at the same time, like I've always said, well, he never lost it, um, and but saying he still has it is kind of the same thing. I, I just feel like we don't need to chant that because it's not like he's he's not returning. He's there. He's a he's a hundred percent part of the roster, and and but it's fine if that's how. I mean, it's definitely still a flattering thing to say. It's not it's not nothing bad about it. But he's just so good, and he's a consistent part of the roster. I feel like it doesn't even need to be said that he still still has it. Just cheer him because he's freaking great. So um, I love that he was the partner. I thought it made sense. Um, there's like this. Uh, Nightmare Family Elite kind of crossover. They're sort of aligned, and, and I mean they are aligned, but I mean you're not, you know, maybe Dustin's not quite in the elite, but some it's all kind of a family, and they're all sort of related in some way as far as their friendship. So it worked there. I mean Hangman and Dustin as a team talk about some legit cowboy shit. Um, I loved it, and I thought the whole match was great. And then obviously we're going to talk about what happened after the match because. One of my favorite things with AEW is when they do these things where it just turns into mayhem and you can't keep up because so much is happening and it's exciting. So, yeah, let's, we, we can continue on with that. But the match itself, I loved it. Yeah, so, of course, after the loss, the inner sacred group jumps in the ring and starts attacking uh, starts attacking uh, Paige and Rhodes. 
The first person to come out is returning from the medical facility or the hospital. Kenny Omega the hospital. hospital. Kenny Omega, his hand in a cast, ran down to even up the odds. Uh, Jericho hit uh, Omega with the Judas effect. And then next, our Cody comes down uh, to the ring to help. But again, their numbers uh, numbers were out. And uh, they, drag, uh, they drag Hangman Page up the ramp. Uh, drag page up the ramp, but from out of nowhere, when they're about to do their power bomb, uh, Matt Jackson comes out and he house of fire takes out everyone. Double spear Santana Ortiz, uh, saving page from Hager's power bomb. Uh, then Matt, then Page and Matt look at each other. Matt gives Page the middle finger, but because his back was turned, uh, Jericho hit him and Page with the steel chair. The inner circle raised their arms in unison at the top of the ramp as the show went off. And, you know, they stuck up their middle fingers because that's what they do. And that was AEW. That was the end of Dynamite this week. Uh, as Tiffany said, another great episode. I just feel like even when it's to a lot of people, this was kind of like, a tr- you know, still continuing in a transition episode. They still find a way to entertain you to the fullest uh you know and it's like now we're about to see, we're about to see coming up the AEW's ability to pivot uh because the real world has started affecting the wrestling world and uh so this is not the part of the thing we are the proclivity for positivity so we don't like to talk about a lot of negative things but Sometimes the real world bleeds into wrestling, and we have to discuss it. So uh, the short terms is the short is how the coronavirus is affecting everyone. Everyone out there, I hope everyone's washing their hands, taking care of themselves, make sure you have everything you need, avoiding the big crowds, all this stuff they're saying to do. Do it because you know that's how you keep from getting sick. So that part's passed. Now we're talking about how the coronavirus is affecting AEW. Um, so this next coming up week's show, where was it supposed to be? Well, Rochester. It was in Rochester, uh, Rochester, nor- uh, North New York, uh, where we're going to get uh, a show live from there. We're supposed to find out who the exalted one is going to be. Uh yeah, so that show will be now moved from Rochester to Jacksonville. Um, basically, like any public outing of more than like 250 people is being canceled and postponed. And so if it's you own a public place, you won't be able to hold an event there. But great thing is we have this guy named Tony Khan, Big TK. And there's this thing called Daily's Place in uh jacksonville uh where they've had a few shows well a show and then you know a uh a show and basically a pay-per-view so um they're going to be having the show there next week and as of yesterday they said all of these locations all these locations will be closed to the public so what they had announced i don't know if you saw the email they had announced a way you know for a limited amount of people to attend the show on Wednesday, and then Jacksonville came out and said, you know, no, basically. So AEW had to pivot again. 
So they will be running the show on Wednesday with no fans. So, and then the next week's show in Newark, the big one, the Prudential Blood and Guts, that will also be going to Jacksonville. They have now uh, postponed uh, the April shows. April shows in Milwaukee and St. Louis. They've all they've all been assigned to other dates. So be sure that they've all been assigned to other dates. But it looks like for the foreseeable future, Daly's place is going to be the place for AEW, and there won't be pub. The public will not be allowed in. So, Tiffany, uh, how do you feel about this? How do you think AEW's going to adjust? Just kind of go off on what you think. Um, My main thing is, and I know that it's real-world problems, it's nothing anybody can control, but we're talking here just about how it's affecting AEW and other fans, and I'm just kind of heartbroken for AEW because of the timing, um, the momentum leading to the big show in Newark, Blood and Guts. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's very sad to me, I'm, and it's nothing anybody can control um, as far as, you know, it's just something that it's bigger than anyone. We can't, we can't work around it. These are things that are being told, like, you can't have people in the audience, you can't do this, you can't do that. So I, you know, take keeping my positive spin on it, I'm just grateful that Tony... Tony Khan is our guy and that he has Daly's place and that we can have a show on Wednesday. So I'm grateful for that because the idea of not having anything is worse than, you know, things having to get adjusted, but it does kind of break my heart just because of the build that they have this momentum. I know I have absolutely nothing but faith that they will find a way to make it amazing. But at the same time, I know this is not what anybody wanted. Um, from the fans to everybody in AEW. And um, I just know that they've got to be so bummed out because this big show that almost, I mean, it was basically all but sold out in this big arena at the Prudential Center. You've got the blood and guts match. I I know Cody is probably just like, I, I mean, I know he was so excited to do this match and for all this to happen right when it, you know, for the, during the time of the build of this match and then the match itself, you know, not being able to come from Newark, uh, potentially no fans present for it. I mean, it just, it really just sucks. And that's just being realistic about it. But in terms of adapting and things like that, I have nothing but faith that AEW will make it work because they, they we're talking about people that, you know, work on the fly all the time and they're, they're going to come through for us. And I know they will, but it, it does just kind of break my heart given the timing. Yes. And then just to, just to let everyone know, uh, just to let everyone know, uh, the reason these shows are going on, I know a lot of people are like, just cancel or whatever. Uh, the reason their shows are going on is because there's these things called contracts. And yep, <laughs> TNT. <laughs> yes, and TNT is paying AEW money to put on a live wrestling show every week. That's what they're paid for. So if you hear about these other, you know, other, and the other company, you know, when it comes to Fox and USA, they're playing, paying for programming. So whether you can have fans or not, you're still supposed to put on a wrestling show every two weeks. I mean, uh, you're supposed to put on a wrestling show every week, you know, and it's supposed to be a two-hour live show. So I'm just just letting you know. it's like Yeah, like, there's always things like they have people to answer to yeah, and they have yeah. to – they have contracts, and 
they they can't it's not just always as easy as just well just don't do it you know like or put on a best of or this or that like they have they have people to answer to and contracts to fulfill yeah and the thing is they're a hot promotion right now they're still new they're still a new company so as far as company wise yeah they are very new they are infantile so to go off of tv or put on reruns for four weeks terrible that would be terrible that would be terrible. Yeah, I thought that too. They they definitely <laughs> do not want to do that. They need to put out something, and they're going to. And uh, I'm I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting. We're going to. I think we're all just very curious to see what happens. Cody tweeted today about the uh, match that they mentioned that was supposed to be in Rochester coming up on Dynamite this Wednesday. There will be some form of a match between the Elite and the Inner Circle where the winning team will get a distinct advantage for Blood and Guts, and Cody referenced that today. So um, it looks like the show is going to go on as planned in terms of what they've announced already. It's just going to be coming from Daly's place and with no fans. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, a few years from now we're probably going to look back and just think of how crazy it was that we had to do this and that they had to do this and we had – no fans in the arena, and, and it just just timing-wise, it just breaks my heart. I just can't say enough how much it breaks my heart just because of the uh, the Blood and Guts match itself. Um, Cody referenced that match back in November, and and I know it's, it, it's a big deal to him. So just on a personal level and my connection to Cody and stuff, I just wish it didn't have to happen this way in, in the timing, but it, it's life, and they will adapt and do something amazing for us. I have no doubt. Yeah, uh, you and you know you know how I feel about it. When they said they had to go to Jacksonville and they were only going to let in basically a limited amount of fans, the first we're thing, ready to go. My first thought: I live in Oklahoma. My first thought is I'll be up in Kansas City to pick you up, and we're going down to Jacksonville. And I yeah, had that, that was a legit message that we exchanged. We yeah, were ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I started calling my boss to see if I could get the days off. And it was just like, and then again, that thing happened and it just took any, it took, you know, it took my options away. It said, Hey, you're not going to be allowed to go in. So I, I understand it. I understand why it's being done and I, you know, lives and everything comes first. But as a wrestling fans, I will say this, uh, I, I, I told Tiffany and I'll abbreviate it to this point. I know there are bigger things going on. But when you focus a lot of your life on fandom and going to events and going to things and things have to cancel and they go on, I, we and everyone out there is, are allowed to be upset. And we are allowed to express our frustrations and we are allowed to be upset about it because our lives were just as affected as everybody's lives. Everything we do is real life. Whether you think it's, it is or not, it's all real life so i want everybody just to support everyone else you know that's a big yeah, that's be- the that, that's the part just be supportive be nice and if someone posts something and you don't like keep scrolling it's not that hard just like just just roll if you like oh my god you know and you feel so offended just 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 keep rolling it, it it's like there's so many more tweets every hour, every minute. Just go focus on one that you actually like. <laughs> so I couldn't have put it better. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Yeah. So uh, it's just 
But yeah, it's going to affect AEW. We don't know how long. It looks like at least four shows. At, at least. Uh, you know, I do put the bright side on it. I wasn't going to be able to go to St. Louis. You know, I had already told Tiffany I wasn't going to be able to go to St. Louis. I can go now. Because, uh, you know, the, the new show date fits into my schedule. And, you know, because I think St. Louis was like right when I would be coming back or right during WrestleMania week or something like that. And it was like, and I was going to WrestleMania. Well, that looks like that's going to be canceled now. So another positive side, I can now defer all of that money to AEW shows. Because honestly, the WrestleMania card, I mean, as a person that still watches WWE and still loves it, wasn't really something I was looking forward to. So it's like, oh, you know that thing you really didn't want to go to? You don't have to go to now. Not saying hey, I'm happy. I'm not saying I'm real here now. We can go to St. Louis because it's far <laughs> enough in advance that I should be able to get the time off now with my new job. So yes, we yes. can go to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. So that's good news. Yeah, and it's like, a positive spin on it. Yeah, as I'm saying, it's not it's not me hoping or hope happy that anything happened. It is just trying to look at it from the world is going to continue, you know, that, you know, and try to look at it from the most positive way I can. Uh, I can now spend more time in Vegas. I can actually go to both shows now because that was a week of vacation that I was going to use for WrestleMania that I'm not using for WrestleMania anymore. So I don't know. It's, it's like, like I said, it's not, it, it, this is in no way a good thing. What's going on is not a good thing. But, you know, we do our best to put a positive spin on everything. So, uh, yeah. So, next four weeks will probably be from Jacksonville. There will probably be limited to zero crowd. I'm not, and none of the crowds going to be public. Uh, if, if there is a crowd, it will be probably people that either work for AEW or Jacksonville, just out there to make noise. I watched a show last night with absolutely no audience, and I will have to say, I was not that fan. I was not a fan. It was like, I, I thought it was different, and it was intriguing at the time, but I was like, I don't know how I can do this every week. So, uh, and it was at the Performance Center, and I was like, dude, you have like 200 people at the performance center working out, why couldn't they just sit in the audience and make noise? Because it, it came off really awkward. I don't know if you watched the show. I doubt it. You were busy. But it it's like the couple matches I saw were just like, it looked like you were watching practice. <laughs> that, it yeah, really did. It, it, really, it really did to me. Look like I was watching practice. So I was like, oh, whatever. All right. So, yeah. So uh, AEW will pivot. Uh, the elite will pivot. Uh, they will have two examples of what this looks like by then, so they'll be able to adjust accordingly. I think they'll hit another home run, another positive spin, another positive spin. They won't have a lot of competition on TV because there's not going to be a lot of live anything going on for a long time. If you're keeping up with it, pretty much every sports, every sport has shut down. Just. There are no live sports. XFL and uh, XFL shut down. Uh, the NCAA tournament's not happening. And I, I know you're not a big sports person, Tiffany. I know you keep up or whatever, but you're not a huge sports person. But March Madness, you know about March Madness, right? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, it's the biggest thing, one of the biggest things in the world. The idea that that's not happening is crazy to me. It, it is. Yeah, it's a wild time for sure. Yeah, I, I fill out a bracket every year. But uh, 
Well, okay. But that is it. Uh, next, what do what matches do we have next week? Real quick, so we can uh, take it on home. Well, we know we have the elite versus the inner circle in some match that will give them a distinct advantage in blood and guts. And then I believe there was a best friends and death triangle match. You know, I think. Uh, yes, it's best friends versus a uh, best friends with Orange Cassidy versus the Lucha Bros with Pac. So it won't be an actual six man match, just a tag match. So looking forward oh, to that. Oh, tag match. Okay. Yeah, looking forward yeah, to that. So far, that's what we know. Yeah, so far, that's what we know. Only match I know about on Dark right now is the Christopher Daniels versus Stu Grayson. I didn't really look it up because a lot of places that post what uh, post matches on Dark then post results, and I tried to avoid those. So same here. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's with. So I'm just gonna wrap up. Uh, this is the part where I give all the tags and stuff. So hey, I, I think we did a pretty good show trying to adjust to this new format. You of course can follow Tiffany at All Elite Tiffany. You can follow me at Floyd Johnson Jr. Uh, uh, Amy at Phoenix AEW, or you should also be following at Social Suplex. Uh, make sure you're listening to us on Google, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your podcast app is. You can follow, uh, you can listen to our show under the Social Suplex Podcast Network, or you can uh, listen to us directly at our All Things Elite uh, link. Uh, if you ever feel so inclined, go up to the right, click on that donate button, hook, hook us up a little bit if you if if you are inclined, if you like the show, uh, but. Um, most importantly, just remember this episode of the show was brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you can watch over, have access to over 4,000 hours of content from 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code SOSUPLEX, you get the first month free. Is there anything else you would like to add to this, Tiffany? I think we've covered it all. And you. you if you're listening to the show and you're not listening or watching Heart of the Elite of Tiffany on YouTube, I am angry at you. Just know that. And I don't get angry, like, at all. But <laughs> he I does am not angry. get angry, but I, I did put a new video up yesterday if you do want to check it out. Um, my YouTube, Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. Um, I'm sure you have all heard about it. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Yeah. Almost to 800 subscribers, so I'll, I'll leave it with that. Yes, I feel like it is the perfect video companion show to all things Elite. Uh, and our thoughts are with Amy, whose dog had surgery this week. That's why she was not on the show this week. Hoping her, we love you, Amy. We love you, Amy. Hoping for a speedy recovery. And with that, I leave you with uh, this. Whether it's home, work, or school. Always do your best.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.